Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward Podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. And welcome back to another episode of the Fisher's Second Ward Podcast. This time, uh, I'm, I'm getting low on family members <laughs> that I can talk to, but I'm traveling this week and happen to be in the same right now house as Carissa. Hello. And so I've been asking if there are any other members of the ward who are currently at BYU-Idaho, and um, we might have Caden Smith, but mm-hmm. I saw on Facebook that he's camping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's having some fun. So we may or may not uh, get a chance to connect with him, but... So far, we've got Carissa, and welcome. Thanks. So, Carissa, tell us about yourself. Well, my name's Carissa. My dad is Ken. Yay. <laughs> my brother is Edison. And One my, of? Yes. My mom is Marcine. Oh, is that like, I, I grew up in Fishers. I've stayed in Fishers. I've now left Fishers. Um, you come back occasionally. I do. It's a good place. Um like, what kind of things do you want to know? I'm 22, I'm something like that, and <laughs> I'm out of BYUI, and I got back from a mission about almost two years ago. That's coming up, yeah. Yeah. So, that was, that was fun. That was cool. That was so, talk about your mission. Ago. I served at Temple Square. It was kind of the best thing ever. Um, there's a couple other people from our ward who have served there mm-hmm. and or will serve there Correct. soon. Um, yes, and we're hoping to get them on the podcast as well. Yes. And, um, then for part of my mission at Temple Square, we got to go out to another mission and, um, I served part in Phoenix, Arizona, which is much warmer than Utah, especially in the winter, which is when I was there. Yeah. Um, but I really loved my mission. I loved being able to serve people and be able to talk to people from all over the world. Um, that was one of the coolest things about Temple Square is we were always meeting new people from everywhere. I met people from almost, I mean, I can't really say every country because I didn't really keep track. Mm-hmm. But most, most countries of, and like every continent, I met people from. So it was a really cool experience. Um, very, a lot of diversity there and a lot of teaching experiences and just being able to share like my love of the gospel and my love of Jesus Christ, I think was my favorite part just every day, being able to testify of Jesus Christ and who he is. So it was really cool. So Temple Square missions are different because your mission boundary is a square block. Yeah. Technically you don't live in your mission. No, it's 52 acres. And, um, if you're including the conference center, which is an acre itself of it's big, it's large. Yep. So I guess it's kind of expanded to a second square block. Yeah. (laughs) So on a, on a typical week, what are the types of things that you would do as a temple square missionary? I'm going to tell you what I did. And then, uh, Sophia Solis is going to go there and it's going to be different because of, the changes that are there now. Because there aren't any visitor centers. Like no. Used to be. <laughs> um, it was uh, a lot of, so because there's a lot of buildings there and a lot of visitors, we had to make sure that there were always sister missionaries in all of the buildings 
uh, to help guests out with anything that they needed, any questions that they had, any discussions that they wanted to have. Um, there had to be people everywhere. And so we had, um, while missionaries have a schedule that they follow, um, ours was slightly different because we had other things scheduled into our day that did not include what a lot of other people's were. So we would get a schedule. We'd have a schedule every day that was already set for us. Mm -hmm. Um, like when we were going to study and what buildings to be in. Mm -hmm. But then we had a lot of time that we had to plan for ourselves. And so a lot of that was teaching appointments. Um, we taught a lot online. Um, we would take tours and, um, then we would have times where we had to figure out what to do, whether that was, Maybe we would try and help other people out with, with something because if they had a teaching appointment, they couldn't be in one of the buildings. And so, um, or you would just walk around and try and find people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a lot of like switching buildings and going to different places. And um, so we, we did have like that kind of schedule set for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a lot of leeway as well as to like what we could do or what we could choose to do in ways of like, like blank areas, if that makes sense. So like at 9 AM, maybe we would have to be in the assembly hall. And then at 12 PM, we would have to be in the visitor center. Um, but in between there, we didn't have anything. So it could be a lot of that time was spent on the computer, trying to find new people to teach. So it was a lot of online teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of in-person teaching by like taking tours and talking to people and introducing them to the gospel. There was a lot of that. Um, cause most of the people who come to temple square aren't members of the mm. church, which isn't something that not a lot of people know. Yeah. So, so on a, um, so you, you did three months in Phoenix, four months, four months, but so yes. you did an extra transfer in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you've done the traditional um, proselyting mission as mm-hmm. well as the visitor center mission. What are some of the things about the visitor center mission that is different from your uh, standard proselyting mission? I think one of the biggest differences um, was that on Temple Square, we didn't have a ward. Um, that was the biggest thing that well the biggest thing that I loved in Arizona and kind of the biggest change in Arizona as well is I suddenly had a ward. I was part mm-hmm. of a ward again. Um, so, cause on, on temple square, you would go to church every Sunday. Yes. With just what, what sister mission. About that? So it was all sister missionaries mm-hmm. and there were, I think we had five or six senior couples mm-hmm. and they would pass the sacrament to us. The elders from the senior couples would pass us the sacrament every week to 200 sister missionaries. Mm-hmm. And our mission president was like our bishop. He presided over the meetings and which is different than a traditional mission. Yes. Um, and the departing sisters whose last transfer was, they would be the speakers. Um, except for fast and testimony meeting, which was fast and testimony meeting. And so it was definitely a lot different because I don't think anybody other than that mission has ever been in a ward, which wasn't a ward, but been to a sacrament meeting that was 200 young women from the ages of 19 
to 32. And um, seven men. (laughs) And it's a pretty unique experience. And it's really cool. It was really amazing. It was one of the things. So when I left for Arizona, um, it was January of 2020. And... Pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. And so that was my last, like... Right after Christmas, the week after Christmas was my last sun or sacrament meeting like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought I would come back three months later mm-hmm. and do that again. Uh, surprise COVID <laughs> happened. And when I came back, um, we had sacrament once a month and it was just a group of 30 20 to 30 sisters and it there was no we sang a hymn and we said a prayer before the sacrament and that was it we didn't have church because the rest of the world was doing church at home yeah and so and we didn't have elders who could give us because when i was in arizona we just met with that we would meet as a district Mm -hmm. so with um i think we had two elders and six sisters and then we would bring our investigators as long as it was as long as it was under 15 people mm. we could meet together and, and you did that at the church yeah we just did it at in one, one of the yeah at the church building and it was it was really cool to have just a really small meeting of mostly missionaries so that would also satisfy the requirement for missionary for uh, people who are uh to, studying the church yeah to go to sacrament meeting. they went to sacrament meeting and it was really cool um, cause usually it was the missionaries giving, giving talks. And then, um, we had the people we were teaching there and it was, it was like a mini sacrament meeting. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, I met this man, his name is Mike. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a really cool man. Um, super prepared, super ready to hear the gospel. Um, we would go and we would like have lessons with him and we would start, and like not even get into the lesson at all. And then he would just like start telling us what he believed about like the subject we started to introduce. Mm-hmm. And we would sit there and be like, Mike, you just taught us the lesson we were here to teach you. <laughs> you just said exactly like what we were going to say. That's He's awesome. like, what? It was really cool. Um, but so after he got baptized, he, he gave like a little, a little talk. He was super nervous about it. He's like, I don't know what to say. And we're like, it has to be like, two, it only has to be like two minutes. Just share mm-hmm. the things you've learned. And then he proceeded to talk for like 15 minutes. It was really funny. That's awesome. Um, but it was a really cool experience to meet with just, just a few people. Um, but it was really weird to go back and to think about what like church had been before mm-hmm. when I was back at Temple Square. And now we no longer had church. We could meet in our districts for like Sunday school, but that was really it. Um, So early on. So it was different. um, Now we got to visit you and got to go to church with you one time. Yeah. Which was super cool. Um, So you only had one hour. Yes. You didn't have a second hour. This is true because we had church. We had to be back on Temple Square before nine o'clock. Because of? Because of music and the spoken word, which, which is, is a thing at nine o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> and generally our sacrament meetings were a little over an hour, mm-hmm. um, so we would start at seven. That's early. Yeah, so early for church. Maybe it was seven thirty. I don't know. I so you would get back to Temple Square, and and you didn't get to go to 
music and the spoken word every time. What were you doing? Um, we got to go once a month, which was cool. And I got to say hi to my uncle every once in a while. Shout out to Mark. Who's in the <laughs> choir. Um, no, so some people had to be in the buildings because there's always people on Temple Square as mm-hmm. soon as it's open. So Temple Square is open seven days a week. Yes. You don't, guys, you don't shut down for church. You no. don't shut down for family meeting or no. whatever. So what else did that mean for your schedule? It was a long, long days. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the differences when I was in Arizona versus when I was at Temple Square was at Temple Square, we were, it was, Sundays were like every other days. And that was something that I had to like learn how to get used to um, so that I could like differentiate my Sundays from other days to mm-hmm. make them m- more sacred or more holy like mm-hmm we're taught they should be uh, it's really weird as a missionary keeping the sabbath day holy you're always like keeping the sabbath day holy every day right so but i think that sunday should be different than other days mm-hmm. and so finding ways to make it different was interesting especially on temple square where it wasn't your schedule wasn't different in arizona we had meetings almost all day on sundays because we would go to ward council mm-hmm. before church and then we were over two wards, so we often went to two wards in a day, mm-hmm. which means we still had three hours of church. And then we would meet with um, our ward missionaries that day usually as well. And so it was a lot of meetings on Sunday. But at Temple Square, it was, it was the same. At Starting at 9 o'clock, you had responsibilities. You had places you had to be. You had to be in buildings. Um, but something else really cool that we did there on Sundays that was different um, from the other days was after Music and the Spoken Word finished, mm-hmm. we did what we called announcing. And that's when some people have probably seen this. Um, in this and it's when everyone comes out of Music and the Spoken Word, whether it's in the the tabernacle or the conference center, there's a group of sister missionaries from all over wherever the world. (laughs) And they greet people in all their different languages that they have um, and welcome them to Temple Square and tell them a little bit about it. And um, it's just kind of a fun presentation. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it in English a couple times. I did it in sign language a couple times. Um, and, and it this was, is, um, just on Sundays, just mm-hmm. after music and spoken work. Yeah. And during conference, we okay. would do it as well in between sessions. Okay. And, and so this was up at the flagpole where a lot of times tours would meet and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, right? Yeah. Unless it was at the conference center, then we would meet on like the steps right outside the conference center where everyone comes out. Okay. Um, but it's just like introducing Temple Square, telling people about the tours we have, telling people about the historic nature mm-hmm. of it, and just a very short sentence. And it's really cool. It's really fun to see all the different languages that people speak. Mm-hmm. And because it's just a reminder that that is a place that people come to from everywhere in the world to see to see the temple, really. Like even if it's not members, they're interested in seeing the temple and knowing what the temple is and why it's important to us. It's yeah. really cool. I noticed a lot of the Temple Square missionaries wore, on their name tags, they wore something else. Talk yes. about that a little bit. So we wore flags from where we were from or from countries in which we spoke their language, um, especially now with a lot of reassigned missionaries. Mm. There's a lot of missionaries. Um, for instance, um, maybe not in our stake anymore, 
Colby Sinclair yeah, was there. The North, uh, they still are in the North State, but we're not. No. <laughs> um, so she was supposed to go to Greece, mm-hmm. if I remember right. I think that's right. So she had a Grecian flag. Is that how you say that? Grecian? A Greek flag. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, because she was learning Greek. Yeah. And um, so she could speak Greek to people who came and could speak it. Mm-hmm. I had an American flag because I am from America. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wore the flag of the places that you were from, a Mexican flag for Spanish mm-hmm. or um, just from everywhere. So what are some of the flags of the companions that you, that you had? Uh, American, uh-huh. uh, Germany, mm-hmm. and China, mm-hmm. and Mexico, mm-hmm. and another Mexico, and I think that's pretty much it. I okay. think it was those. Did you have Australia or New Zealand? New Zealand, okay. that's right. New Zealand slash England. Okay. Um. Sometimes she would wear one, and sometimes she would wear the other. But she lived in both. She lived in England and lived in New Zealand. That's a cool way to represent the uh-huh. countries that people um, call home. Yeah, and it was it was really cool. Um, it was a really cool way. We would put on the back of our name tags. We would put little paper or little stickers of the flags of where our companions were from, mm. um, and that was really cool. Um, That's cool. So being on Temple Square, there probably were times that you got to see or do things that were pretty um, incredible, mm-hmm. especially for somebody who grew up in Indiana. Yes. <laughs> and didn't have regular access to Temple Square. So what yes. are a couple of the things that, that you got to experience that were uniquely Temple Square? I had people sing to me almost every day. That's awesome. <laughs> If you've ever seen The Music Man, you know the song, Gary, Indiana. <laughs> and when people meet missionaries, they want to find a way to connect with them. Mm-hmm. People don't know a lot about Indiana. <laughs> so that was the thing that they knew about Indiana. And they so they would Gary. just start singing to me. I told my, my companion from New Zealand when I first met her, I was like, by the way, just so you're aware, I've only been out for three months at this point. People are going to sing to us, and I just want you to know. She thought I was kidding. <laughs> it was a couple weeks later. She told me, she's like, I thought you were kidding. You weren't kidding. So she's Sophia like, may have the same experience. Mm-hmm. It's very few people know things about Indiana, so they would be like, oh, so you like, you like baseball, or not baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. or race cars, right. or corn. Yep, the three things that we're known for. <laughs> Or they would start singing Gary, Indiana to me. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny. And then um, I had a companion from Indiana. From? And um, from Muncie. Not Muncie. Yeah, Muncie Richmond. State, Richmond. Yeah. And so that was actually my transfer that they sang to me the least, which I thought was <laughs> ironic. I thought they would sing to us more. That's funny. Um, but they were so surprised that two people from Indiana were in the same mission and were companions. It was That's really funny. funny. Um, so it was very entertaining. There was that. Um, that was a very unique thing, mm-hmm. but mostly just for me. Um, I was able to see my family as mm-hmm. part of my mission. That Which was is a really cool totally experience. Totally different than a lot of missions. Yeah. But it was amazing. Um, 
yeah, it was really cool. I got to really see the power of the Book of Mormon and what that has in people's lives. Mm. Um, I remember when I was set apart as a missionary. It's a really cool experience, and there's a lot of things that are said mm-hmm. in your setting apart that, thankfully, um, Mom wrote them down for me, uh, or wrote down at least part of it. But one yeah. of them was that I would know very early on. Um, I would see, like the results of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was my, it was my first week on Temple Square and we do, we get referrals online. You can request a book of Mormon or a Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and missionaries will send them to you. Um, well, we send the missionaries with them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hand delivered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but we would be, they've sort of changed this now, but we would be the person who would call them and say, I saw you requested a Bible or book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask why you're interested in it? Do you have any questions? This is kind of what the process is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want anything else? Like things like that. And it was my first week and I was still getting, starting to figure this stuff out. And I called this woman named Glenda mm-hmm. and I just started talking to her. She wanted a Bible. I was like, well, why do you want a Bible? And she told me, she's like, I just love, I just love God. I just love Jesus. Why would I not want to read about Jesus? And we just started talking about Christ. That's and cool. it was a really cool experience. And I told her, I was like, Glenda, did you know that there's another book that goes along with the Bible as another testament of Jesus Christ? And it just tells us more about who he is. Would you be interested in reading something like that? She said, absolutely. Why would I not? And that was like one of the coolest experiences of my life, just because it was such a testimony of what the Book of Mormon is Mm -hmm. and that people do want to read it because they want to know more about Jesus Christ. And it really does teach us about Jesus Christ. And so that was really cool. Um, Where was she from? She was from Mississippi. So you got to teach people from all over the world. Yeah, I've taught people in Africa New Zealand, Mississippi, Louisiana, Oklahoma, California, Arizona. That's from your online online phone calls slash... Yeah, Canada. That's cool. Germany, Mexico. So smallest mission boundaries, but maybe largest mm-hmm. mission scope. Yeah, it was really cool. That's yeah. That's cool. And a couple months later, she got baptized. That's awesome. So it was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see. And we would, we had stacks and stacks of copies of the Book of Mormon, and in all different languages. And so that was really cool to talk to people and to be able to give them a copy in whatever language it was. Mm-hmm. Um, another really cool experience that not a lot of people know about is. Well, just not a lot of people know this about Salt Lake. It's kind of a big hub for Chinese people. Hmm. Um, In the summer, busloads of people from China or Taiwan would come. Wow. And there would be groups of like 50. And um, so we would get to take them on tours because I was with a Chinese companion at the time. Mm -hmm. And they're so interested, so interested to know about everything Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of rules Mm -hmm. uh, about teaching Chinese people and so but it was really cool to see 
their excitement and to see how much they wanted to to learn. Um, I learned very few Mandarin words. Mandarin's a little hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Mormonjing, which is Book of Mormon. And, um, and so that would usually be my... As long as I added in a few Chinese words here and there, they would be like, mm-hmm. oh, yay! That's so good! Good job! It was great. Oh, that's fun. Um, they thought I was really cute. They didn't understand what I said most of the time. They would, like, look, like smile at me and, like, mm-hmm. look really big and, like, <laughs> nod. And then they would look to my companion, and she would say the word again. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Um, but every time, almost every time we gave away a Book of Mormon in um, Chinese, mm-hmm. we would have them write down their information, um, on this little card, um, like a referral card. And we save those referral cards. We have thousands of them there Wow! for the day that China opens up and they can, we can send those referrals to the missionaries that will be in China. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, overall good idea, bad idea, serving a mission. It was the best decision I ever made. That's awesome. And I don't think it's for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I think that most people, if they decide to serve a mission, will not regret it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So you came home, like you said, almost two years ago. Yeah. And um, in the middle of the pandemic. (laughs) Yes. So so then what uh, what have you been up to since? Um, when I got home, my parents forced me into interpreting for church because hey. apparently I hey. learned enough sign language on my mission to do that. You I learned didn't. enough sign language on your mission to earn <laughs> the sign language tag. I did. <laughs> um, so that was cool. So I did that for a couple of months mm-hmm. and did a couple classes online, worked, mm-hmm. and then I came out to Rexburg, Idaho to do school where I'm studying biology. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really cool, but that's why. So um, study biology and what else? Working? Working and more working. Where, where are you working? Right now I'm working at an urgent care. I am one of the front desk ladies, as many people call me. Mm, but yeah, no, I just check people in and do office work and stuff like that. But it's been a really cool experience. Um, hopefully I would like to work in the medical field at some point in time. So it's been a really good exposure just to the different things that go on in a mm-hmm. doctor's office and like learning a lot of the terminology and just about how things run. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really cool. I also worked for Connecticut Electric, mm-hmm. uh, which is Jeff Jensen's company. Shout out to Jeff. Yes. And I loved it there. It was mm-hmm. such a great experience. Um, and the people, the opportunities, um, all of it was amazing. It was a really good learning experience um, for for life, um, for working with other people, mm-hmm. for they let me have projects that I did on my own. Cool. Um, and so they put me in charge of a research project. Um, and all of it, it was just, it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um to have like responsibilities given to me, but also opportunities to like serve both my co- coworkers and the customers there. So it was really cool. Cool. So, um, studying biology, what are you thinking about, uh, career wise? It depends on when you ask me. Okay. Um, I'm asking you now. <laughs> right now I am thinking about being a radiology technician, okay. which is the person who does like MRIs or x-rays or ultrasounds or mm-hmm. lots of, Lots of different, lots of different varieties of things. Um, 
I think it's really cool. Anatomy's, anatomy is my favorite subject. Hmm. Um, so getting to look at pictures of people all day, mm-hmm. of their insides, yeah. that would be sweet. That would be cool. Also, you get to run these really big machines. Nice. I'm just saying it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some other things that you've thought about? You said it depends on the day. Yes. Um, some days, I think being a surgical technician mm-hmm. um, or working in an OR would be highly amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to sa- shadow a surgeon, and that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Was that Jody Smith? Yeah. She's all right, too. She's, <laughs> she's, she's pretty good at what she does. Yeah. Um, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would not suggest it for the weak of heart. Right. Um, it's not, it's not as bloody as you would think. Um, they have a lot of cool instruments now that they use, but it was really interesting, really fascinating. Um, and I loved being there. And so being able to be part of that team would be really cool. Um, and another thing I learned about it's perf- perfusionists Mm -hmm. and they're the people who run the heart lung machines in surgery so that would also be an or type thing it's a little bit more schooling Mm -hmm. um than just a technician for sure um but that would be really cool uh if anyone's ever never seen a human heart that's it's cool um it's it's pretty amazing it's a different shape than the heart emoji yes and no it actually kind of is shaped like that but in a much rounder way and not mm-hmm. as pointy. Um, but yes, it is much different than the heart emoji. But it is really cool to see a heart. Um, and it's amazing to think that that's kind of what fuels your entire everything that you do. Yeah, your existence. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Um, so how far into school are you? I am a junior. Okay. Which means I have a year and a half left. So cool. Going and a little slower than <laughs> I want, but that's okay. That's right. where the half comes from. So then what, what comes after a year and a half? If I decide most of the things that I want to do require like a, at least a certificate. Okay. So, uh, possibly one more year of school just to be certified in whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could stay where I am right now. I haven't decided. Okay. There's still time. Yeah. I like what I do right now. It's kind of fun. Cool. Um, I've got a couple other questions, but what else What else should the Fisher Second Ward know about you? I'm a lot cooler than I look. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> and how? Uh, what is your basis for that comment? I mean, I'm pretty amazing, but... <laughs> humble. I'm just like no, I just think, um, I don't know. Something I think is really cool is just like learn, coming to know yourself and learn about yourself. It's, that's something I learned a lot about on my mission was like knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just knowing like, yes, I'm a child of God and I'm not trying to just like push that away mm-hmm. from how important it is. Cause it's very important, but learning your habits, learning your, how your mind works mm-hmm. Um, and the things that you tend to do, Mm -hmm. um, because that really helps you understand yourself, which is a very hard thing to do. And so learn to love yourself, learn about yourself, Mm -hmm. learn to understand yourself. I'm still working on it. Um, but I know I tend to, when I can not talk to people, 
mm-hmm. because I can talk to people anytime, anywhere. I did it for a year and a half on my mission mm-hmm. and I'm not bad at it. I can give, I gave tours to people every day and I would give tours to people of give tours to over 50 people at a time. I'm not well shy, nor am I afraid to speak in public, but if I have the choice not to, I will choose not to. Um, so I feel like not a lot of people know me or about me, Mm -hmm. um, because I have to put myself out there to do that. Um, and it's a lot easier to not. So I work on that and I'm not always good at that, but I try to be better at it. So, so how, how have you how have you learned about yourself? What are some things that you've done to learn about yourself? Um, I I hit some low points mm-hmm. in my life, and really learning from those because that's kind of where you see the biggest. Um, and I'm not saying everyone needs to hit a low point to do this, but that's kind of how I started to do this. It's kind of when some of your tendencies really start to show because you don't know what else to do okay. or how to act or how to be or who to be. And so just learning what your, your tendencies are, just noticing, um, what you're doing and why you're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, on just in the moment thinking about why you're doing something. I'll be sitting in a class, like the first week of class or whatever, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll see there's people next to me, and I'll think, I could talk to them right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, or I, but I, but I won't. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, think about why I'm thinking that or why that's what I'm thinking about. And so I've come to know that I don't, it's a lot of energy to talk to someone, and I don't like small talk. Okay. I just don't like it. It's a lot of work for me to discuss small talky-ish. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? What are you studying? What are you doing? Because there's only so much that you can say. Right. And it's very short, and it's very surface level, and it doesn't really mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't want to know people or who they are. But if it, it feels very surface level and very fake mm-hmm. to me, and I don't like being fake. Um, a lot of the people that I like have clicked with very fast are people where we've, I don't know why or how, we've kind of just like skipped the whole small talk step mm-hmm. and had deeper conversations. And so that's a lot of times why I shy away from conversation is because I don't want to have to think of every single thing that I'm going to say. I don't want to have right. to drag a conversation on um, but I don't think it's bad. And so part of me knowing who I am is understanding that that's something that I don't like and I'll shy away from. But if mm-hmm. I think about the people around me more than I think about myself, then I'll be more inclined to talk to them. Okay. Um, and so I kind of have to like acknowledge where I am and what I want and my tendencies mm-hmm. and say, yes, I know I don't really want to have a conversation like this right now. But why would I make them think that I don't want to talk to them when that's not true? And so I try and make the most out of understanding who you are and what you do. Doesn't mean that you have to just accept that. It means you understand 
who you are and why you do things. Mm -hmm. And therefore you can take steps in the direction to change that. Okay. So have you ever had a conversation where in in an initial conversation, instead of the hi, where are you from? What's your major type conversations? You start with something very deep, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, it could be something like, um, what's the most significant experience that you've had up to this point or something like that? I have. And one of the, some of the things I think of immediately are with some of my companions. Um, and one of the things I liked to ask them were, um, what's something that you think I should know about you? Okay. That's a, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. And because it's not the, normal who are you where are you from Mm -hmm. but it starts the beginning of a communication with each other that's very i thought was very important for a companionship because you're going to be with them for at least six weeks for a lot of time every day and there's times when you're going to get on each other's nerves Mm -hmm. or there's times when stuff's going to happen and you're not going to know what to do right and so if you can start off by saying What's something you think I should know about you? First of all, they don't have to just like hope you ask about it. Right. They don't have to hope you figure it out. Mm-hmm. They can just tell you. That could be a proactive conversation. Yeah. I get really nervous when I talk to people and I'm not saying I do, but right. if they say I get really nervous when I talk to people and so taking tours is not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me very nervous. And if that's something that they tell me, and as a Temple Square missionary, we took a lot of tours, then I knew during tours, maybe I should take the lead, but give them opportunities to speak in a way that they would feel comfortable, maybe by asking them a question that they could then answer Mm -hmm. to the audience that we were speaking to, or doing things like that where I could then help and serve them, Mm -hmm. because they've told me how I can help and serve them. So what are some other ways that that you've learned... Um, that you've gained some of these insights about yourself? Um, by failing a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of things I've learned about myself by realizing what I do and what I don't do. And by hoping I do something doesn't, doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Right. Hope doesn't translate into action. And so just like... It kind of helps you realize things about yourselves. Um, setting goals was like super helpful thing to learn on my mission uh, mm-hmm. that I've been able to apply now. Sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm not. Um, but I think that really helps you know. First of all, it helps you know what you want. Okay. Setting a goal does. Um, and I think that's a very important thing to know about yourself. Mm. To know what you want. What you want out of your life. What you want out of this week. What you want out of this day. Right. Um and that could be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be entertained today? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be uh, service-minded today? Do you want to be... Who do you want to be today? Mm-hmm. How do you want today to go? And it kind of just helps you... That kind of helps you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Coming to realize what you want. And it's very interesting to see when you set goals. When you set daily goals... It really does help you drive your day in a way that you want it to go. It gives you a lot more control over what happens in your day than you think, hmm. which is kind of cool. 
Yeah. It's not just like a, I firmly believe in going with the flow, but it creates more opportunities for you to have control over where the flow is going and kind of set a direction. Yeah. If that makes sense, things are going to happen obviously that you can't expect like your dad randomly showing up at work when you live a lot of States away. That's so weird. I know. (laughs) It's kind of a random example. (laughs) I don't know where I came from. Um, (laughs) I'm on vacation this weekend and I just did not, Remember to tell Carissa. Actually, that was by plan, by design. <laughs> not tell Chris that I was coming out and I just showed up at her work. Yeah. <laughs> I did share some chocolate cake with her, though. Yes, so it was fine. All is forgiven. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, learning what you want out of life or out of your day or out of your week or out of your month or out of your year is very telling as to who you are and mm-hmm. what it helps you understand yourself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So anything else that the ward needs to know about you? I really love this ward. They're all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, been, we've bounced around a lot. We've not moved. Mm-hmm. We've been in the Noblesville ward, the Fisher's ward, the Fisher's first ward, and now this Fisher's second ward. Yeah. And I agree. I, we, we, speaking for the family, we absolutely love the Fisher's second ward. We love being in the ward. Yes. So what... what do you love about being in the Fisher second ward? It has been a place of refuge for me. Cool. Um, the people are amazing. Mm-hmm. The leaders are amazing. True. And I'm not saying they aren't elsewhere, but, um, God knew where I needed to be yeah. at the time in my life when the boundaries changed. Um, and we came here. It was, I don't think I would be where I am today if we hadn't been in the Fisher's second ward. That's cool. I think I would be in a very different place. Um, I've learned a lot from the people. I've learned a lot from my teachers Mm -hmm. and my bishops and my leaders in general and just everyone in the ward being in classes with them, being in Relief Society or Sunday school or young women's, um, has been really amazing, um. all the people and yeah I really love this word I love what it has to offer I love the love that they try to give to everyone Mm -hmm. um because that's something that I really felt being being here that's cool Mm -hmm. so um why don't you just wrap up by sharing your testimony of the gospel and how that's um how that's changed maybe over the years Um, I think I've always had a love for the gospel and a love for, um, Jesus Christ as my savior. But I think it really did start to develop as I got, got older. Um, I've always believed it, Mm -hmm. but learning to know it was something that still makes me want to be better today and learning to know what it means that my savior and my heavenly father love me mm-hmm. has been a defining moment in my life and will continue to be a defining moment in my life. Talk a little bit about that. It's powerful. 
the love that he has for us. And he wants us to know that. He wants us to feel it. And I've had opportunities to feel that. And it's it's amazing not just because it makes you understand who he is more for you, mm-hmm. but it is one of those things that makes me want to be better. It's one of my greatest desires to continue to feel his love for me as much as I can. Mm. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't felt that, it's something you should seek. Whether that's by asking or by searching the scriptures or by anything, I've felt it in a numerous amount of ways through other people, through conference talks, through the scriptures, through prayer. But knowing that God is there and that he loves you mm-hmm. so much. It's pretty incredible. It's amazing. So that's kind of an inside um, story with me and Krista that we mm-hmm. both have had experiences where we have both felt that love mm-hmm. of our Father in Heaven, and um, it is incredible. So I will add to that that if you have not had that, then it's a wonderful experience to ask for. Mm-hmm. So anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? I love this gospel and just learning about it every day makes me want to learn about it every day. I'm not the greatest at it always. Not all of us are. But every time I open the scriptures or every time I listen to President Nelson speak, Mm -hmm. I feel that desire. I feel that motivation again to be better, to get on my knees, to talk to my Heavenly Father because he's there. He Mm -hmm. wants us to speak to him. He wants us to come closer to him. And just... It's such a gospel of love. It's never, he's never pushing us away. He's always inviting us back in. And that's something that I feel every time that I open anything up to listen to his words. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. You're welcome. uh, (laughs) Thanks for being willing to uh, sit down with me for a few minutes on this uh, surprise (laughs) <laughs> the surprise trip and uh, to the members of the ward thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward podcast please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week